0: Slog star stardate 17 i've got it right this time it's 17 i'm fairly certain i might not be stardate whatever uh these are the continued voyages of ensigns mark and eddie as we trek our way through all of star trek next generation coming to you live from 10 forward uh anyway mark mark hey, how you been yeah fine <laughs> <laughs> how you doing uh so okay my my dog took me on a, a on a twenty second emotional roller coaster the other day. I was wa- I'm walking down the street and the dog starts barking at this guy walking past. I'm like, oh no, the dog's gone me mental. I feel embarrassed. Oh dear. So I apologise to the to the guy. wow uh, uh, guy. Oh, I'm sorry. And I feel embarrassed about my dog and I'm in a negative, one emotional state. And then I saw what the bloke was handing, holding in his hand, leaflets, campaigning. I, I apologise to a Tory mark I've never been oh. more I, the, My dog was completely in the right I should completely trust her <laughs> um, uh, Had I spotted them I would have gone Oh I'm sorry She's just. Uh, she reacts badly to hypocrisy And people think it's okay to cheat on your wife While she's getting cancer treatment <laughs> Oh you don't, you don't think that's okay that's Why are you still a member when that's your leader You fucking pricks um, <laughs> if, if Boris Johnson isn't a deal breaker for you You're a cunt Uh, Nice. Yeah, that's that's all I've got to say about. (laughs) (laughs) What's your dog's name? Uh, My dog's name, my dog's full name is Jessica Beatrice Fletcher Fletcher Lampert Edwards, Um, because she's named after, of course, Jessica Fletcher from Murder She Wrote. Good, uh, good. Well done. (laughs) She she done. She done well there. Yeah. Uh, She's detected the crime of being a Tory, which you might be thinking if you're listening at home, that's not a crime, but it will be. It will be when I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: oh. We're going to gonna have to delete a lot of these episodes when the, when the podge
0: comes. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think we will. I think we'll be... It depends whether we're going to be purgers or purgees. Uh... <laughs>
1: I, uh, I mean... I, 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 reckon I'm gonna be a a a pub pur- G, yeah, but I'm not gonna go quiet. <laughs> um, and uh, well, maybe I will. Maybe, maybe, because that because you you don't really look. All I'm saying is, you don't know how you're going to act in a genocide against yourself until it happens, right? No that's fair. Yeah. I'd like it's difficult to predict. I'd I'd like to hope that I'd asked for a cigarette, but you don't (laughs) You don't get that option a lot of the time.
0: No. No. If you can take two of them with you, then uh, then it's a wash, that's what I think.
1: Yeah. Genocide is just There's so much admin.
0: That You'll be fine. You're in Scotland. You guys will just fucking reinforce Adrian's Wall and be. <laughs> it's still going to go to shit in, in England and Wales. Wasn't so it built to keep the Romans out. England.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could just
0: move here and help us leave. That's very much my, my current plan. If Scotland gets independence, I'm going no, to No, no, off. no. No, 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 no.
1: You don't get to cruise on that wave of fucking. <laughs> other people's work. No. You want to move to Scotland when it's independent, you move now. And you no, vote. No, I've got...
0: A, I'll get an Irish passport. I'll, I'll, I'll be straight over. Oh, look
1: at Johnny <laughs> Plan B over here. I don't have an Irish... But I only have an Irish fiance, And apparently getting an Irish spousal visa for a Brit is just a nightmare. Makes me wonder really what the point in this whole relationship
0: <laughs> is. See... This is the thing, though. I don't think Scotland should go for independence. I've said this before. Scotland shouldn't go for independence. Scotland should join Ireland, and just create a Celtic superstate that, like, is equal in size and military standing to England, and then invade, uh, <laughs> what, and become
1: a a sixty-five th- county socialist republic. Yeah. <laughs> what if the what if Scotland? Joined Ireland, but the six captive counties
0: remained captive. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get to then you get to have fun with enclaves, which is my favourite thing in in maps. Like how in Belgium, there's loads of parts of Belgium. Basically, so do you know the whole thing with Belgium? That basically there was a bunch of lords who kept losing parcels of land to each other in card games. And no, that's why. That's why. Like you could be in Belgium, you could like walk. Like you could like in Belgium and Holland and yeah. the border in Luxembourg or that's all there's bits of that where you could like walk from Belgium into Luxembourg into Holland back into Belgium <laughs> <laughs> And there's like pubs where like they have to stop serving alcohol on one half of the pub at like eleven o'clock <laughs> and they can go till midnight on the other side. It's an absolute nightmare around there, but it's one of my favourite parts of Europe and it's also it's like well they don't we don't have to fix all of this because we're all in the EU, so fuck it. It's yeah it's fun.
1: One of my favourite uh, sort of land dispute issues. It's uh, is I'm mean, I can't I can't remember the details. I I think it's in Sudan. I think it's between Sudan and South Sudan. There's a vast swath of desert um, that is essentially somewhat unclaimed, um, but oh, yeah. both countries constantly claim that the other country has it. They're like, no, that's that's theirs. No, we're not in any other country. Like, it, 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 it's, it's like the Brits don't know about it. Do you know what I mean? Or they'd be right in there.
0: It's like there's two possible borders, and one of them puts the like really valuable like oil reserves on one side, and one of them puts them on the other side. But whichever side has it also doesn't have this bit of desert that nobody cares about. So they both claim, oh, we've got that, we don't have that, so nobody's got that. So if you want to go, why has nobody... I mean I know why Sedan's awful I was going to say why is nobody held a <laughs> festival there where it's like oh there's no laws you know like there, are, there aren't there normal festivals for white people um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. should we should, should we should talk about Star Trek then? yeah this was good
1: I just I, is... I glanced down at my notes there and I thought I can't remember what the fuck this episode was about but uh, <laughs> I, I remember now they find life
0: yeah It's the the plot of this episode is basically it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Yeah. Uh, It's yeah, and it's it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed this. this I enjoyed this proper Star Trek episode.
1: That's what Um, I said to Laura. I was like, "This is this is proper Trek." Yeah. Like yeah, Uh, the action stuff is fun, but I want I want everyone in a lab looking at a thing. Figuring out what's happening and then going take a step back, observe what's different. Okay, right, we're on, we're on board. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Again, it's one of these episodes that I'm sure there will be a better version of in like season four. But uh, yeah. as uh, as this one goes, I had a I had a good time with it. Uh, yeah. So the the plot of the episode is. Uh, we start with an establishing shot of the Enterprise flying over a planet. That's 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 fun. That's new, and it's a terraformed planet, or it is a planet in the process of being terraformed, uh, which means that they're using science to turn a dead planet into a living planet. And uh, they go down to see that the, the terraformers are a bit kind of cagey to see them. Uh, they, they 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 call one of the terraformers, and he's He's like, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't come down. Uh, There's a fun theme park over there. Uh, Go and and look at that instead. Uh, But, you know, don't come here. Anyway, bye, -bye, see ya. So Troy turns to Picard and says, that guy's hiding something.
0: Fucking astute on the money.
1: (laughs) As always. Worth every penny, Deanna Troy. (laughs) They go down to the planet. The terraformers give them an explanation of what's happening. Then a laser kills one of the terraformers almost kills data they find a new form of inorganic life they bring it back to the enterprise and then the rest of it is essentially just a philosophical existential debate about whether something that is inorganic can or cannot be life
0: yeah yeah a a debate that is had uh (laughs) quite a lengthy discussion which she's frequently had while data is right there <laughs> in the room being inorganic. <laughs>
1: I, my first thought when I was watching this is I, t- Troy, because Troy's kind of the first character that we, that we really see in the episode. And yeah. I turned to Laura and said, the writing for Troy is so terrible uh, and it's so obvious what she's actually doing that it made me wonder and I I I'm not particularly I I'm neuro what what's the opposite of neurodivergent, neuro undivergent? undivergent?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Neurotypical? That's it.
1: Yeah. Neurotypical, right. I'm fairly neurotypical. I've got some quirks and things, but I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly on the ball. Um and uh, I was so obviously Star Trek has had and always has uh, a big kind of autistic following. Uh, Spock was obviously a bit of an autistic icon. In the first episode of this podcast, I think we um, posited that maybe Troy is another type of autistic icon. I'm wondering, and I'm and I'm not saying this as a joke. I I genuinely wonder if this is the case. Is Troy? an accessibility device for people who don't really understand human interaction the idea that
0: yeah the idea that like if you're autistic you might not pick up on this obvious emotion so we'll have troy state it outright yeah so that you can keep i hadn't thought about that that's that's a very good point troy but I, i don't like the idea that you're implying that troy has a use <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: if anyone is listening to this and is on the Facebook page and does actually know whether that's what? right or wrong like, let us know, I, I just thought that was kind of interesting, I, I wondered if,
0: yeah. um, also to be fair, in this episode Troy does, we get the first genuinely useful thing Troy does which is um, she detects from another room that somebody is, is in danger before they can, like, hear it. Before and, that
1: person starts screaming, which is the yeah. traditional signal of I'm in danger.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if the and if the crew of the Enterprise had gotten to that room at a slightly faster pace of light jog, <laughs> that man could have lived. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, right. Do you think the uniforms are difficult to, to run in?
0: Uh, okay. or, do you,
1: or do you think... All right, sorry, go on.
0: Okay, it, it, I, I, that is a fantastic theory, Mark. is only slightly undone by the fact that later in this episode Data gets shot at by a laser drill and after the laser has fired he moves out of the way which means that in that uniform Data can move faster than the speed of light
1: (laughs) (laughs) I personally wonder if uh, Riker uh, what's Riker's Jonathan Frakes Um, I wonder if Jonathan Frakes is opposite Tom Cruise and actually he does he looks good when he jogs. He doesn't look good when he runs. I I don't look good when I run. I I run like I run like you know the T one million or the T one thousand, the Robert Patrick one, right? Yeah. Um Yeah, right. I I run like the prototype about eight prototypes before you get there. <laughs> It doesn't look cool. It doesn't look menacing. It just looks kind of weird. I'm 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 a fairly I'm not a f- big I'm not a huge guy. I am a I am a slightly bigger guy. Um, so I yeah I, I I I look I look daft when I run and I wonder if Jonathan Frakes has the
0: same issue. Once he goes over a certain speed, he just can't control his hands and they just flap. <laughs> um, it's slightly. Like... <laughs> Now, now I'm just going to throw this out there. That would be a fantastic plot for an episode of Star Trek. Yeah, uh, Riker has to overcome his inability to run. <laughs> I wonder if the reason that he
1: jogged, the, the first thing that kind of happens when they get to the planet, first of all, uh, Data is confirmed to be third in command. Yep. Troy can, that confirms yep. that. Um, but I also
0: also also a quick thing about that when they first arrived it's confirmed that the people on this terraforming station are unaware that data exists which again I have to address how is the existence of data not like when he was discovered how was that not like like, the only thing anyone was talking about in the Federation for like a year exactly we
1: know in real life that when an android was discovered and became Kanye West we all found out about (laughs) it. Can you imagine if if Data called out Pete Davison? <laughs> what do you think he would What do you think he would call him out for?
0: I don't know, but I'm just stealing his bits. To the... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just a shit imagining the next episode of Star Trek. We turn out that Data's just casually. Everything's the same, but Data's got a maga hat on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Captain Picard doesn't care about artificial people. <laughs> Just on the, on the on the weather report that him and Picard do once a week as like an outreach program for we have to show the, we have to show the rest of the crew that that the captain and and third in command are cool guys because everyone knows Riker's a sound guy because he knows all their kids' names, um so maybe maybe once a week Picard takes like ten minutes for him and Data to sit in front of a green screen, and they present Enterprise news, um. Uh, 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 read all about it read all about it enterprise news uh uh oh it looks like ensign jensen is having uh, having a birthday today happy birthday ensign jensen 33 years old what colours is shit oh don't look forward to the next one um <laughs> oh it looks like little bobby sands uh has uh got an, got an a in <laughs> physics class well done um not much in home economics uh, that was a, that's a that's a pretty that's a big field that little Bobby Sands had in uh, there, but good good job. Uh, over to Data and Data does the weather, and he's like, "Well, we're on a starship; the weather never changes." Back to you, Captain Picard.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I was so certain you were going to do the
1: space weather. <laughs> <laughs> space weather. Every now and again, uh, there is a storm outside. Sometimes there are clouds,
0: yeah. and occasionally the clouds have faces. <laughs> and occasionally, the clouds take control of the enterprise. Um, yeah,
1: and, oh, and also but, it's in the contract; they have to do it every week, regardless of <laughs> what's happening on the rest of the ship. So uh, they are like they ca- have to come in and go. Oh my god! Um, ev- everyone is gone. <laughs> everyone has been beamed to, to some alternate dimension. But as per my contract, between five fifty-five and six p.m. <laughs> Earth time. Eastern Standard Time, uh, on a Friday. I have to. I have to do this over to Commander Data. There's no one uh. there. <laughs> Picard suddenly begins to wonder: Is this just the, the synapses in my brain just dying? As I have I been shot by a phaser? I don't think I have. I would have recognised this sound. <laughs> but as as things start just disappearing around him, as he descends sort of further and further into madness. <laughs> what if that's his favourite activity to do on the Enterprise? <laughs> what if the reason that he hates kids is that kids don't understand it? <laughs> anyway. I autonomous. Yeah, I've lost
0: track. <laughs> um, I've tried, I'm looking at my notes. Um, oh, uh,
1: so uh, we're talking about data or something. So, anyway, um, data, they, they all go down to the terraforming planet. And yeah. uh, a scientist uh, in, a, in a quite a nice jumpsuit, a nice lady scientist. I've yeah. put um, this is a really good and interesting explanation of terraforming from the scientist that Riker wants to absolutely
0: split in half. <laughs> uh, mentioning that jumpsuit, I did. I think that the number of buttons undone on the jumpsuit denotes rank. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> uh, she's got hers all buttoned up all to the top, and then the other two guys have got one undone. And then the, the big guy comes in; he's got his, he's got his three buttons undone. All right. So I reckon either that, or it's just because he's a big fat bloke. Uh, <laughs> I remember I can't I can't remember if
1: I said this out loud or if I just thought it to myself. But when she starts telling us about terraforming, I immediately thought, "Oh, she's fit. This is a problem that Riker's going to have to solve later."
0: Um, and I need it. <laughs> yeah, because I think we've got, we've got to address one part of this. So while they did discover life on the planet, because of the rules, that they, because of the Prime Directive being actually applied properly, Mark, <laughs> if yep. they discovered life on the planet, they can't terraform it. So what basically happens in this episode is that four scientists working on a passion project that is going to take them decades to complete, right? Uh, basically have a ship stop by some strangers turn up and ruin their life's work <laughs> 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 and later on when like like Riker's telling the scientist about this who he's, and he's clearly trying to bang her at the same time he's like chatting to her about it and he's like oh no it's a it's a, a life form it's, it's beautiful you should see it and he's and it's like read read the fucking room yeah. Riker her life's work has crumbled beneath her feet she was fucking talking about, like, planets like Jella Lawson talks about cheese, right? It's like, you should, she was very, very high on the idea of terraforming this fucking rock. And you've turned up and gone, oh, you can't do that. There's a, a, a the life form, which, by the way, is, like, microscopic and silicon. Yeah. So, does it count? Probably not. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you could have just wiped them out. No, it's sand, Mark. No one would have known. Like they, they've they've been accidentally committing a genocide on this planet. But if they'd successfully done it, no one would have known because it would have gone from being alive sand to dead sand, which is just sand. <laughs> so
1: what you're saying on the record is that genocide is fine as long as no one finds out about it.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that's that's that's. that's that's literally that was literally the ca- the official bottle of the British Empire. Uh, <laughs> that's why they had to stop after the camera got invented. Over to you, America. Uh, Do we rec- we filming this stuff now?
1: We recognise the Armenian genocide, right? That that's the stance that we're going to take on this podcast because I don't yes. I don't know anything <laughs> about it. Um, all I know is that occasionally gets All right, well we've recognised that.
0: Yeah, I know that the Kardashians try to bring a lot of attention to it because they are Armenian. Yeah. Um genetically, and it's just weird that that, that Venn diagram exists. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh oh uh the so
1: the, the next thing that happens is that Troy senses that someone's about to be in danger and then someone is okay. in danger.
0: And this is my favourite bit of the episode. Go on. <laughs> right. So there's a laser drill going off in the other room and it's like shut up a guy. And they open the room and the door, and the room's trashed. And the laser drill is still like spinning around, like aiming at everybody, so they can't go into the room. And they the guy is on the floor, severely badly burned. And Riker diagnoses that they don't need to rush because it's hopeless. From the doorway, <laughs> with no medical expertise whatsoever. I said, "He's right there." You could have sugar coated that.
1: Does it? Yeah, because it because because it, someone suggests, "Oh, we could beam him up to medical." And he's like, man, ah, there's no point. We'll be beaming up a body anyway. Might as well just hang out for
0: five minutes. Is, what, uh, are they paying by the beam up? <laughs> is that Riker's job? Why? <laughs> just do it anyway. What if he's
1: What if he's in charge of accounts? <laughs> he needs to balance the books at the end of the week when Picard is doing his little news reading gig.
0: That must be. Now I come to think about it. I know they don't have money, but like there's resources that need to be managed. There's a guy. Like on the Enterprise, who's like, oh, I work on the uh, work on the flagship. Uh, what's your job? Oh, it's a uh, pretty uh, pretty cool stuff. I do uh, I, I do the accounts, and then somebody else is next to go. Why don't you just tell people you're a ski instructor?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a children's ski instructor. <laughs> it's space in space. Um, well, the from what I understand, the nacelles, which are the things at the Back of the ship, the, yeah. the two sort of engine looking things, uh, the front of those uh, basically captures particles in space. Basically, pa- captures matter as yeah. they, as scoop. Uh, it's like a big scoop as they fly through space, which then goes immediately into the replicators. Uh, so I I don't know, man. I don't know if they need to keep t- track of resources. If they do, that's the easiest fucking job in the world. Because the <laughs> card calls down once a week and says, How many resources do we have? And the guy goes, Loads. Yep.
0: his <laughs> so his his resources book is literally he's not he's not opened that. That was just sat there. He just he's got an auto-generated report that gets sent up, but he pretends it takes all day. Yeah. The 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 main part of his job is just there's a list of names. Every now and then he has to cross one off. <laughs> Steve's gone. Yeah. That's an extra XL size shot that we have. The entire last episode was him on there going, am I am I deleting these six kids? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: th- yeah, because I guess there's also that uh, the same way that IT people are undoubtedly Like that is true from the sitcom. They are a bit sick of asking, have you tried turning it off and on again? Um, and I, I bet his his most hated phrase is when Picard Picard is personally questioning him, right? Not not Riker, the head of fucking staff. <laughs> Picard himself is meant is is going down and saying, uh, "How how many how many three quarter inch? I don't know if three quarter inches. Are, how, how many like R six sized pan head screws?" do we have Johnson? To which Johnson replies, as he does every week,
0: how many do you need? (laughs) We've got got an industrial replicator. I can replicate a fucking... I could knock out a fucking shuttle, if you want. It takes a minute.
1: (laughs) In the same way that a 3D printer is the only invention that can create itself. If you give me enough time and sit still... I will
0: build a second Enterprise <laughs> for fun, and then we'll have an episode called Second Enterprise," and it will turn out that I've accidentally created an evil Enterprise, <laughs> which is an episode of Star Trek I would watch.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Well, oh, wait, wait, hold on, uh, Jensen. Why? Why is the <laughs> well? First of all, Jensen, happy birthday uh, yet again. <laughs> but Jensen, why is the other Enterprise evil? Oh, sorry, Picard. Uh, when he just calls him Picard, because he's on he's on not first name bases, he's on second name basis with him. Um and uh, he says, Look, I accidentally went you remember when I said that I would replicate a second enterprise? Picard goes aye and he says, Well, remember all the R6 uh, panhead screws that I made? I accidentally had the replicator set to evil. <laughs> so I'm afraid the screws are evil, sir. And <laughs> The screws are what holds everything together. Which really, if you look at it, is a kind of philosophical truth. You know, there can be no good without evil. The way that there can be no ship without screws. Um, (laughs) And Picard, Picard, who, by the way, is wearing a party hat. He's got all those little things flapping of his uh, mouth. He blows one of them in frustration. Because then... uh, Jed says, like, but at the same time, we can't replicate people, so no one's crewing the evil Enterprise. It's just it's just there. Just leave it. Yeah. But don't leave it, then somebody will take it. Yeah. No, <laughs> what to, I've got it. What to do is give it to the Romulans. Because here's the thing, right? It, it, they'll be like, great, an Enterprise, but it turns out the Enterprise will be evil. Oh, but the problem is, on an Enterprise that's evil, is
0: the holodeck good? if you give an evil enterprise to the Romulans would it help them or would it hinder them what you want to do with an enterprise that's evil is give it to somebody who you don't like who's technically good yeah Uh, like I don't know what's something in Star Trek that's technically the good guy but like is a problem for well okay the Borg Uh, the Borg are the good guys from a they're trying trying to create a socialist utopia Mark (laughs) everybody works (laughs) together to achieve a common goal there's no racism there's no bigotry there's no, uh, there's no homophobia in the uh, in the Borg hive. Uh, Can't argue with all that. All in all, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just we don't like it because uh, we've got we've got shit we want to do. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is the Borg's end when they assimilate all life in the universe? Is at that point they go right? Finally, we can put on that musical. So <laughs> 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 what this is all about: was having that one highly choreographed musical. Uh, the dumpster thriller. I the think the entire population of the universe.
1: Because <laughs> we, because we know that there is a Borg Queen, but we know that the Borg Queen isn't the originator of the Borg. Um, yeah. we, we actually don't yet know the origin of the Borg, do we? Not, and not just us watching this series. I mean, in in general, Star Trek hasn't revealed the actual no. origins of the Borg. And I think that the Borg's end game. Because I think I think what we do know is that there was a scientist. Who tried to, who created the Borg essentially for a positive reason, um, but accidentally had his replicator set to evil. Set to evil, and he created the the, the Borg. Um, but I honestly think that the end game of the Borg is as soon as they assimilate the last bit of human life, the, bit, the last bit of life in the universe, they'll just go, well, that's that, because <laughs> they because what, because the Borg were, look, the Borg were created by a scientist who for a purpose. Was well, no. He, he was put down. He was constantly put down by his dad. His dad was saying, "You never fucking finish anything." So, <laughs> one day, just to just to really just to really prove his dad wrong, uh, he creates uh, quite possibly the greatest sci-fi villain of all time. <laughs> For no reckon... other reason that eventually uh, he'll be like, "Yeah, what do you think of this, Dad? This will be the ultimate finish, won't it?"
0: What, what, if it, what if the point of the Borg was he was creating something to tidy up and that's what the Borg are doing? Once everybody's been assimilated, they're just going to take the entire universe and just carefully pack it away and put it yeah. on some shelves. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's what are those shelves? That's all the planets. We've got out um, al- alphabetical. <laughs> Which planet do you need? <laughs> put it back when you're done. <laughs> who, are they, who are they talking to? Of a Borg, of a (laughs) Borg. At the end of the universe, it's just the Borg and Q, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but yeah, back to this episode. Right. Um, The I really, really liked the. um, Well, okay. I have. I think this is a great episode for the computer because there's a lot of situations in this where, like, they try to work out if the thing's alive, and instead of like. They they do some stuff themselves, and then Beverly Crusher basically says, "Computer, what's this?" And computer goes, "Well, looks like it's alive, but it can't be because it's inorganic." And then like Beverly's like, well, "Okay, ignore the fact that it's inorganic. What is it?" And the computer's like, "It's alive." And then Picard's like, "Well, we've just worked out that it's alive. Data's discovery." And it's like, "Well, I think the computer's done most of the work here, lads." <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> this is a this is a great episode for Worf. Oh yeah, Worf. Worf is fantastic in this episode because there's a bit where they're sat at the computer and like Geordie says a science thing Data says a science thing and then Worf is like is it alive and the computer is like yes and Worf is like offended that the computer's asked and it he goes I wasn't talking to you computer. Yeah, <laughs> I was asking this robot
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was asking basically you but if it has legs and a penis as Tasha constantly reminds us when, when we when we when we play Foursquare um I this is the first episode. Sorry, not not the first episode, but this is another good example of Jordi and Data
0: solving problems together. Yes. Yes. Very, very good that. It's, I really enjoyed their their stuff.
1: My favourite part is when Data gets stuck in the the laser room and the following exchange happens. Jordi, what's going on? Data. Too much to explain. Jordi Awaiting to Enterprise, we have a problem. Picard, be specific. Jordy, data is locked in a room and we can hear laser blasts. Why was that too much
0: for data to explain? <laughs> I'm in a room I'm being shot at by laser blasts, Jordy. Uh There is a moment where the laser shoots at data and data ducks out the way. And then it moves again, it shoots again, and, and you see data move again. And at that point, um, what we could have had, Mark, is an incredibly dramatic action scene in which Data uses his robot-like reflexes to out outwit the laser drill and also then somehow disarm it. And it would have been amazing. But it would have also been very expensive to film. <laughs> so what we actually get is a shot of Geordie standing outside the door and laser noises.
1: Geordie <laughs> <laughs> hey, every now and again going, you okay?
0: Yeah. And then the guy who's like running this thing is like, you've ruined our laser drill. By the way, I have a really important question, Mark. What is the difference between a laser drill and, you know, a laser? <laughs> what isn't it just a laser that you're using to drill? I mean, I get that, I, but it's not specifically doing anything different than a normal laser, right? Um, <laughs> I, I
1: don't, I can't believe that. I mean, you, you, you know, I get it. And I feel like you should as well. I feel like you shouldn't really be asking this question. Considering you're about to be stabbed in the head with a gamma knife. Oh yes. Because definitely. if the doctor just said, "We're going to stab you in the head with a gamma," or we're 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 going to we're, we're going to use we're going to use gamma radiation, you'd be a bit like, "Could you be a bit more specific? Could you liken it to something else?" I don't know, man. Because because laser, oops, laser is a it's, it's a sort of catch-all term, isn't it? Um, yeah. Can you remember what laser stands for?
0: Uh. Oh, it's light and something light emission ray. Amplified. And a taser
1: is... Like this, something. Yeah. Emission.
0: And a taser is Thomas A. Swift's electric rifle. Aye. Because it's... Yeah, but um, but, uh, but here's the thing about... I've just had this thought, right? Okay. If the gamma ray that I'm having used, right, if if it turns out... Like, I imagine that you could use a gamma, a gamma knife if you had it turned up to, like, a full, like, high volume. You could probably use it to kill someone. Like oh, yeah. Radiation gun, what if it had been invented as that first, right? So, like, Dr. Demento makes his death rate, and then later on, it's found that you can have a medical application of the death rate, but it's already called the death rate. <laughs> 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 and he's named it would you be like oh, well we're going to have to give you the death rate like, oh, no it's only a name we're actually using a very low dose for medical purposes why do you change the name but that's why like, I don't think the name's important especially with a laser drill because it's like it's just a laser the only, there's only four people on this base as well which seems low that's how a death uh, rate drill
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah um I like oh one thing I did like in this um, is the line um, apparently um terraformers are often obsessive. Um, which <laughs> is a line that they say about like all terraformers, you know, it's like a common thing in the Star Trek universe, like accountants are boring. Yeah. Uh but Jensen's not boring. <laughs> but a <laughs>
1: car blakes He He's the
0: he's the only crew member who's wearing a grey uniform, Mark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's the only crew member for whom Picard would wear a
0: party hat. Does, um, but if they're all like, if the terraformers are are obs- known to be obsessive, and you've got four of them on their own terraforming this planet, and you're like, if and you and you tell these people, we've checked the planet's got no life on it, but and this is super important, if it turns out there is life here, please abandon your life's work. Given their obsessive nature, would it not be a good idea to just have like another guy whose job is to make that call?
1: The the moral centre job.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like his name's like Stu and he's just like a dude. He's like there's there's like killing a bunch of stuff there, Doctor.
1: What would Um, that what would that job entail? Because obviously you're you're only really called in when the decision has to be made. We think we may have discovered a form of life, but we need you to tell us to stop running the terraforming operations. So, what is it? it, That's just a 24 7 holiday because (laughs) 99.999% of terraforming operations don't have that problem. And as you say, it lasts for 30 years. So, can you just take it as like a 10 year post? Because, I mean, and then do you bring your family or do you go down there and you're like, please, please let there be
0: one hottie? <laughs> Maybe you do it like a gap year. Like, you know how like there's like occasionally you see that advert where it's like, oh, this Scottish island's got a castle on it and a pub and we need somebody to be the king. Yeah. Uh, for a year because you're the only inhabitant. And you've got to go around and clean dead seals off the side of the island for the tourists right like maybe it's a job like that where like some fucker goes like oh before i join starfleet i want to do a gap year so i'm going to spend a year on a terraform a planet that's being terraformed and and as a result of that you get you get put a statue of yourself outside uh (laughs) so that when they're done this 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 might be
1: apocryphal right this might not be true um, but I went to university. That is technically true. I, I, did, I went there for I've a I've heard
0: that's apocryphal.
1: Now, uh. <laughs> I went to, you know, I'm not going to say the name, just in case. You, if you want to find out which one it is, you can delve deep enough into my fucking history. You will eventually find it somewhere. Um, but the university that I went to apparently had an office in New York that they called the New York campus. But the only thing that it did there is they had to have someone be sort of permanently resident there during term time, during term hours. But all they did was they, they they didn't, we weren't gonna fly anyone out, pay for their expenses. They literally just found a New Yorker and said, we'll pay you whatever, 18 grand to just be there five days a week from nine till four and you do what you want. We'll, we'll give you an internet connection. I, I, when I, I went there like pre Netflix and stuff. So that, this was when I heard about it, but I, I still imagine there's still quite a lot of stuff to do. I don't know whether that's true, but anyway, I think that this is that on an industrial scale. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, did you notice, um, when they're in the ready room and after they have been talking to the terraformer guy, uh, Picard asks, Troy, what do you think of the terraformers? And she says, well, that one, I don't really trust that one. I don't really trust the guy that's been really snapping at us every time we ask, is it possible that there's new life on this planet? And he's like, life? I... No, uh, he's he's definitely up to something. Um, but, and then he says, well, what about the woman to which Troy replies, uh, she is possessed of highly abstracted reality, lovely visions, little data. Uh, Troy just called her a basic bitch.
0: <laughs> and then almost immediately follows that by suggesting that Riker seduce her out of her depression Yeah, having a life's work.
1: I, I didn't even really catch it. The reason I caught it is that I was watching it with Laura and as soon as Troy said it, Laura went, woof, and pointed at the TV. <laughs>
0: And by the way, can we just fill this up? This is a woman whose life's work is terraforming a planet, which we know involves a lot of data, because at a point in this, all of the crew of the Enterprise are shown a graph, which yeah. is meaningless to all of us, but they all seem very impressed by it. Uh, oh, oh, great. That's a, that's a good... You yeah, oh, can see that there.
1: What's the, What's that thing there, the blinking light that says life? What does that mean? <laughs> Nothing, ignore that. Sorry, someone, there should have been duct tape over that.
0: <laughs> whereas Troy is... Consistent is is in an area of of, a field of, of, look. look, I don't want to ever go at the concept of therapy and counselling, but definitely Troy's brand of it is a little bit fucking nebulous at best. She's a fake psychic. She's she's. This is very much a glass house's stone situation for Troy. She's in no position to be slagging people off.
1: And and that woman, like, at the beginning, she explains terraforming to us in a way that only someone who is very passionate about terraforming could
0: yeah it, it explains that. I love that whole scene where we get to the terraforming thing because this entire episode doesn't require us to have a deep knowledge of the terraforming that was just some Star Trek writer going I've done my research I know how this would actually work and I'm going to fucking flex and I like that at- Gene
1: Roddenberry read that and went oh, this is a
0: page and a half of dialogue better get a babe <laughs> I mean, she's such a babe as well. That did you notice? Uh, Data's attempt at, um, at some dirty talk. No, uh, I don't know if you caught the line. The efficiency of your hydraulic landscaping is very impressive.
1: <laughs> what did, wait, was he just asking, "Are you wet?"
0: <laughs> I, I think he is. It, it went over the head of the scientist he was talking to.
1: That's a that's a uh, that's a line that was deleted from Cardi B's WAP. It's, 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 oh, it's, by the way, is data,
0: well, data would be pansexual because there's no reason to program a sexual preference into a robot. I think data would be
1: <laughs> omnisexual. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which I, is it? It might be different. I'm not really sure. Um,
0: I, I think omnisexual is it's the same as pansexual, but you also are willing to spark, fuck big spaceheads. Well,
1: well, what, well, what, dunking on women? Um, <laughs> the. Uh, did you notice the seventy-year-old ensign, and the at the engineering? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh,
0: yeah, like, is she? Oh, maybe she's not old. Maybe she's just from a species that looks like that, Mark. <laughs> she's what the, actually what twenty-one. Fucking, what?
1: what oh, what's that? <laughs> what's that disease? Uh, the 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 it, it, it it's like the it's like the, the Jack like the Jack disease from the movie Jack starring Robin Williams. But yeah. in reality, it just kind of yeah, makes like you Robin look Williams. a bit like a bird. <laughs> um it's it's pro pro progenitors or whatever. Um I I when I went to university there was a girl I was a hundred percent sure had that. Um luckily I didn't ask her, but when we were drunk I asked one of her friends <laughs> It turned out no, she just looks like that. Um she is a normal twenty one year old uh bodied woman. Good, well done for her. Just looks like a giant um, bird. Anyway, that, that's enough. Uh, Laura Laura pointed out that um, this uh, the 17-year-old ensign can't even blame it on sexism because there's a lot of women <laughs> in very powerful places on the <laughs> Enterprise. She clearly just shit. Um. Do you think she pissed off Jensen? <laughs> <laughs> do, you think, do you think she was a lieutenant commander and she pissed off Jensen? And Picard was like, I'm not having that. There you go.
0: Notice Jensen's like in charge of resources. She keeps turning up and being like, "So that promotion that I got last year, the the pip, the pip hasn't been sent through yet." He's like, nah, what, do, "What can I tell you? Uh, it's, it's not been, it's not been sent over until uh, yeah. we get it from from HQ." I've chased them up. I've chased them up. I'll do it again the moment you leave. The moment she leaves, she's just playing with a Rubik's cube. <laughs> a Rubik's cube, me, paps. <laughs> you know, he knows. He opens a drawer, and then there's a jar just full of pips. And he just pulls them up and showers them over himself. I like. I like this new character like that. that we've invented. We should
1: write him <laughs> down because, because um, I, I feel like what's going to make this podcast really find its voices when we really start leading into the idea that we're actually on the Enterprise.
0: Okay. I like Jensen. I'm going to design him a T-shirt. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> they G I, on it I I love the fact that the um, uh, the universal translator it uh, gets like hacked into by the, the they call it the micro because it's like it's one little grain of sand and then more of them because it can reproduce because it's alive and it makes a little computer and it gets into the uh, universal translator and talks to them and it refers to them as ugly bags of mostly water <laughs> which which Picard is upset by, it, and then Data's like, "No, no, that's that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are an organic sack filled with mostly fluid." Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, cheers, cheers, Data."
1: <laughs> I fucking hate the 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 fact, and and it, it, it is a fact. I hate the misunderstanding about how humans are ninety percent water, like what it actually means. Like, I. Yeah. Because I know a lot of smart people who are like, oh yeah, like who who are very smart in other ways, but who are like, well, obviously the full moon affects people's behaviour because we are ninety percent water and the moon affects the tides. I'm like, right, fucking number one, right, get get a human-sized container. Right, and fill it with water and put it under a full moon and observe how much the moon's gravity fucking changes it Right, because I'll guarantee it's very fucking little um, and the other thing is you're, you're not just an outline like a chalk outline of a person with a blue colour that goes up to 90% of you the water is in other things it's just the thing that those other things are mainly made of if you fucking yeah. you can't just crack off your head and then drink you like a bottle of Evian
0: I mean, you can. You can do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you knock off someone's head and turn them up, fluid will come out. Yeah. But um, there'll be bits in it, and no one likes that. <laughs> no, yeah, you have to, unless you go, you have to go to like uh, MS to get a human without any of the pulp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 one thing I also like is, speaking of water, so the, the whole. So the, re- the reason they've been accidentally killing this creature is because they're, they're trying to drain the water out of this very thin layer of water that exists on the planet and that's deep enough under the sand that light can reach it but it's also like enough th- that's where they live basically they've got a very narrow thing and they're like oh we nearly accidentally stole all that and like killed you all which basically shows that even in the future Nestle is still active <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, I have an important question about the Universal Translator. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, at the end of this episode, Mark, the micro-brain basically is like, beam us back to our planet, fuck off, leave us alone. You were too primitive. You can come back in three centuries. Did, the, did they get our years and century system from the computer? Or did they say that okay here's my question if I live on a planet where a day is eight hours so in my language my word for day means an eight hour time span and I say to someone I'll meet you in two days and the universal translator translate that will it translate that as two days or will it translate that as 16 hours So, like, is it the is it the creatures have said three centuries, or have they said their own time unit, and it's been translated by the universal translator?
1: Yeah, I think it's more likely that, because because um, the thing is, I so um, I, one of my sort of day job, uh, I I think I've I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I, I think people know about it. Uh, is that I? Ha, uh, but it's to it's to do with Harry Potter um and Harry Potter is one of these weird things where it doesn't translate very well to other languages because uh Diagon alley is something is quite yeah. clever because it, it's it's both a word that has a meaning but it also contains a version of the of of alley which is a type of road yeah and English is one of There's weird, I can't remember which one it is because I, I never bring it up. Um, but there is another language where that does work, and it's and it's a real random one. Um, it's like Filipino or something. There's, there's yeah. just by sheer coincidence, there's another language where they've managed to get that quite like on the ball, like it sounds like the word for street. So, yeah. um, when they translate that into other languages, they just find I, they either find a local kind of colloquialism for it, or they just call it the Magic Street. And... <laughs> which is fucking lazy. Um, but I suspect that it would... Yeah, it would translate it to a, 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 like a... Because if the Universal Translator is translating to a completely different... Like, Klingon... Klingon is quite close to an earth language but there would be languages out there that are so far removed from the way that we speak on earth that the idea that it could it could relate human grammar uh to a species that communicates entirely with fart sounds but then the one thing that it would fall down on is that it says just years instead of (laughs) hours i i think that you you'd need to get someone on that
0: well, there's a, there's a, I think this is, mentioned, there's a, there's a, this is mentioned in an episode of Enterprise where, like, T'Pol is talking to Archer and she's like, it's a miracle how any two species can communicate with each other. And she goes, like, she's holding a cup of coffee and she goes, like, look at this, this is a cup. And Archer goes, yeah, that's a cup. And she goes, yeah, but how do you know that when I said cup, that isn't my word for brown or liquid or coffee or the atoms? How did you know that I meant the vessel? like and she's like and she's explaining how difficult because there's a lot of stuff basically in Enterprise they have a translator who's like a person on the crew who like talks all the languages and it's very fascinating much in the same way it was very fascinating in Stargate SG1 in that it was fascinating for about a season and a half and then they realized it was far too much hassle to have Daniel translating everything for the first half of every episode so everyone just started speaking English <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> uh yeah, but no, I like I, genuinely. This was a great, fun episode. Like, like I say, I, I yeah. it's specifically the plot of this episode is it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. It's a classic Star Trek. We found a thing, it's alive, but not the way we would f- consider it. But that still has merit and is worthy. And it's, just because something's different than yourself, it doesn't mean it's not valid because it's fucking Star Trek. It's a question <laughs> that,
1: that that lends itself well to you thinking about your own understanding of the human condition. Which is what yeah. Star Trek is. It's, yeah, because Star Star Trek, it's it's people, it's it's people, it's people from the future who are questioning. Like, it's what's the what's the way? I, I said this perfectly to Laura the other day. Can't remember how I put it, but it's it's people from the future raising future questions that yeah. they have and issues that they have that help us understand more about what it means to live in modern day. Which yeah. is what this episode does. It's Yeah,
0: good. it was a genuinely great episode. We've, what, I will say this one terrible bit of captaining at the end of the episode. Uh, Mark, they they get told by the microbrain, come back in three centuries. That's when we think you'll be exhausted enough to talk. And Picard says, um, I'm placing this planet under definite quarantine. So that's... that's. I don't know if you know the difference in time between three centuries and indefinite, but due to the nature of infinity, it's actually indefinite. <laughs> Imagine that three centuries later, they'll be like, oh, they're coming back soon. Can't wait to meet the literally only other people we've ever met in the entire universe. This will be interesting. And meanwhile, like the rest of the Federation's going, can't go there. <laughs> He's trapped these people alone on this planet forever for the crime apparently of just fucking with one of his medical labs for a few days can't go there
1: why what's there living sand oh yeah it, it doesn't that sound great does it
0: I think he did it out of pettiness I think Picard's deliberately trapped these people alone on a planet without any anybody else to talk to out of spite
1: I hope <laughs> when they do go back there the sand has learned how to arrange itself into a big face yeah yeah
0: and then chases somebody in a biplane like in the mummy
1: yeah <laughs> give me that
0: yeah uh but yeah good episode I, I actually genuinely no caveats I recommend us. Like that. I, could just, I could just recommend this is a good episode of Star Trek to watch if you watch this you will enjoy it I don't know if it's an all timer but it's certainly top two of season one so far yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's a good one like, yeah, enjoy it I, I, I looked at the name for the next episode I don't recognise it I don't know what it is No. so we'll, we'll see
1: well I need to go down and get some condoms off of Jensen.
0: <laughs> Why know, condoms?
1: Why up. did my brain go there? I thought I thought, like, right, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make a joke about Harry to go see Jensen, because I think he's our new favourite third character that, <laughs> that, that, that that we that we the, the reason that we start recording these is that he's just left to go back to work. Um
0: and then and then the outro should be. Because he, we, he weirdly Jensen hates Star Trek. We can't talk about it while he's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because if you think about it, if we're on board the Enterprise watching Star Trek, this is the equivalent of if we worked at an airport and in our spare time we watched the famous BBC docuseries, The Airport. No, it
1: would be be more equivalent to if we worked at an airport and our spare time was spent watching the CCTV.
0: Uh, only if that CCTV had been edited into a fully produced TV series, Mark. that's what with very specifically what we know is on board the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I don't know why I went for condoms. I would sorry, they even I,
0: have? Do, would, would we? Would they have condoms? Surely they just have like you have like a little thing inject. They inject you with a thing when you're like young, and you can just like you've got like a little mental. You can turn a valve on and off. Yeah. They,
1: they call it the Riker switch.
0: Uh yeah the Strikers right, is like the aperture on a fire hose. <laughs> <It has> to <laughs> twist it shut.
1: Yeah, they they had to bring it in after it was discovered that um five percent of the beings in the entire universe are descended from Kirk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, let's leave it there. Right. Bit, bit, i better oh, i i
1: get back and see Jensen. See how he's getting on counting the the screws.
0: Yeah, and I've got to make sure that the um, warp drive's still going.
1: <laughs> it's a hard job.
0: Right, lad. <laughs> see you Bye. next week. Bye. The Captain Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at realmarkO'Neil and Eddie is at EdEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at CaptainSlog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash CaptainSlog.